Welcome to Biomodded, the video game nerd weekly podcast. Uh, I'm your host today because unfortunately Ben has been Ben, missing. you sound different. Uh, 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 uh yes. <laughs> That's not what Ben sounds like at all. Uh, to my left and across from me. I'm yes. Ben Cooper. That would uh, be... Ben that Cooper. would be to your right and across from you. I don't know directions. <laughs> well, I just host a podcast, okay? On my left, you have. <laughs> <laughs> on your I left, s- I messed up a joke. Oh no, sorry. it was a uh, Captain America. Captain joke. America. On, on your, your left. left, yeah. There you go. Now Jerry Seinfeld had a had a joke where he's a, uh, uh, it's like a tour guide. He's like. Uh, on my left, you'll have your right, and on my right, you'll have your left. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, uh, across from me is always Will Smith. Will Smith. And then to my right, Anthony Rodriguez. Oh. And today we will be talking about Epic Games. Um, they did a donation, and it just made me want to you know, talk about them a little bit more. And then we will be discussing... <laughs> donation may be a little bit of an underrated... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, we will be diving into our favorite NPCs uh, of the video game. Non-playable world. characters. Non-playable for those characters. Who uh, so, Will, the jive. what have you been playing this week? I've been playing. So, uh, after last week's podcast, I went mm-hmm. home and I beat Moonlighter. Nice. Um, and Is that, can you beat that game? Is yes. that a thing? There is an end engine. Yeah. I mean. But then you, it's it's like an endless loop. <laughs> so the after the third dungeon, it actually goes really quick. So it, uh, I I breeze through the fourth pretty pretty easily, and then the last dungeon's just a boss basically. And I think I had to took me like two tries to kill it. So is there a replayability like very much so after you beat so, that final boss? Uh, I finally, well, actually instantly, I felt like I just wanted to go buy all the other weapons and unlock achievements and all that but if you do the new game plus you essentially everything gets reset and you play a harder version of the game and all all the weapons are they're like the same thing but all their stats are boosted and so you just keep buying more and more powerful things and like your potions heal more Uh, but the enemies that you fight you have to be a lot more intentional about and a lot more patient which is kind of fun i actually really enjoyed the the greater challenge and um, I would definitely, there's, there's a lot to get out of the game even after you beat it, I would say, especially if you enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like, I didn't really want to leave. I still, especially when I tried to find other games to play, I was like, uh, I just kind of want to go back to this. <laughs> it's uh, it's obviously this is our video game podcast, but that's kind of how I feel right now with, um, my wife and I trying to find a TV show to watch together and, I really, I just want to go back to watching Gravity Falls. <laughs> like, I don't really want to go watch something else. I want to go back. So I feel you with the movie. Yeah. Thing. Especially since I've, I've been playing such great games lately. It's like hard to try mm-hmm. new ones and like, yeah. like actually give them your time. But I did play Hue, which is a, it's a puzzle game that is just kind of uh, uses color concepts. And, and I did it because I was like, oh, I'm interested in color theory and stuff. You don't learn any of that. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's interesting. You can, so like there's obstacles that have different colors and you can change the background. And when you change the color of the background, the obstacles disappear. So you have to change the colors in different um, combinations and different timings. And the, the puzzles are pretty clever. I think I beat the game in one sitting. Um, it was a long sitting. I don't recommend it. I, cause I think I got, I unlocked like five 
colors. And I was like, well, there's only two left. Might as well do that. And then the game kind of just kept going. And it's like, well, I can't stop now. So I just beat it. And yeah, nice. There you go. It's a good game. I, I enjoyed it. I think at first it's it moves a little slow. Like I was like, these are kind of simple and it's a little too easy and boring. But the later ones are really challenging. But not too challenging. Yeah, that's good. Because I destroyed that and game. beat it. <laughs> I conquered it. And then I have begun The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, uh, man, what a good game. Such a good game. Excellent. Um, I think, you know, last week we talked about, I asked a lot of questions, mm-hmm. you know, about like the potion crafting and all these things. And it's interesting to me because all all those things that I said I didn't like, I think it's because the way in which I have experienced them in past games, it's not great. In this game, it's really good. And I actually like the fact that when, you know, that you have to prepare with oils and you have to really think through your strategy heading into a fight. Yeah, but I will say... do I use? What is the yeah, technique? Yeah, but I will say that's typically only for major fights. It's not like you're just running through the woods and you need to throw on an oil every time you encounter, encounter an enemy, you know. You can kind of just blast through most of it but when when you are intentionally trying to fulfill a quest that requires you to take down a griffin so to speak you gotta get an oil and yeah you make sure your potions and your food are there and yeah um, absolutely but man there are a lot of cutscenes. there's a whole lot of cutscenes in the beginning yes yeah um and so i i also kind of make up my own little story that you know the witcher is really my side gig the the real point of the game is to become Gwent champion of the world. <laughs> I told you. I, yeah. <laughs> Gwent, man. Everything's just aside from there. I I don't know. I think that's actually what I want in a game is where, like, do you guys ever play, like, the Pokemon trading card game, like the video game? No. I don't think I, I wanted to, but I, I never. It's maybe. I think awesome. I dabbled it. It's great. You just go around instead of, you know, having Pokemon pokemon battles you just you have the card battles and then you go awesome. create you know collect more cards and do all that stuff and i don't know i think that would be cool to have an rpg where you actually have a game and then you have to go do all these other rpg elements to just you know get a better deck it's the same thing for me if like when i'm talking to people the second i see it's like would you like to play gwent i'm like yes yeah like, absolutely yeah. Well, that's the whole point of yeah, this entire game yeah <laughs> and they actually later on they actually weave it into the story like there's a gwent tournament you can take part in there's also another one where <clears throat> a character owns a casino and you have to like infiltrate the casino and to do so you have to get to the high rollers table but oh. to get to the high rollers table you have to beat a bunch of people at gwent Yes. So you're yes, like, please. You're like, yes. More, more. They do a really good job of making Gwent a part of the story. And then if you are feeling like you need more Gwent, you can just go download the Gwent side game. That yeah. Oh, there you go. There's just a, a Gwent app. So. Yeah. I will say, so my here's an experience in battle, which is an interesting one. You know, I'm trying to sneak up uh, on on like bandit camps, and I'm riding my horse, and so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get the jump on them and going to dismount my horse and move up. And uh, the funny thing is, is like, you know, you have to hold B to dismount. But what B also does is jump. So my horse is just like, hello, everyone. <laughs> We're here. Yeah, How's it going? Man. And uh, and then I finally like 
Yeah, and I'm like, I'm getting shot. What are we doing? And then I finally dismount. Like, what? Come on, man. Yeah, and then I'm like going to slice the bandit, and then my horse is in the way, so I'm just like <laughs> slicing my horse, and I'm like, that's exactly the way that was supposed to go. <laughs> Work, it worked out really yeah. well. So yeah. I have all these, uh, these side, yeah. This isn't the real story of The Witcher. This is <laughs> Will's comedic version of The Witcher, where I'm a Gwent player who has like a gay horse that just is flamboyant and loves to crash parties. Yeah, that's really yeah. fun. So I, I have. Is that all you've been playing? Those are that took up quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I also play The Witcher three um, as well. But the really cool thing about it is that the way I started the beginning of the game, my first, I would probably like. If I had to guess, I've probably put in 20 to 30 hours in The Witcher so far, um, somewhere around there. Um, the first 15 of it was doing like kind of Witcher contracts, or not fetch quests, but going from different area to area, helping people out, completing the Buddy Baron and um, to- uh, storyline and doing all this. And then there's a point where I was like, okay, I can move north, and I move into uh, Novigrad and a couple of different places. And now my last 10 hours have been not fighting monsters. I haven't seen a monster in uh, hmm. some time. And a lot of it, it deal, it delves deeper into the, like the politics and how, um, people, non-humans are treated and sorcerers and sorceresses. And, um, the idea of like the dichotomy in between the game where, and it does such a great job of keeping me enthralled no matter what it's doing, whether I'm fighting a monster on a, monster contract or I'm diving deeper into these characters within themselves and the politics going on and the espionage fighting human characters because the least exciting part is when you fight human characters they're just not as interesting mm-hmm. um and you normally like four, fighting four or five it's of them at a, a lot time. easier too yeah they're way easier and you just like also that animations and killing them are always really really cool except when your horse just decides yeah. to <laughs> steal a show but I started to notice that I started trying to rushing through storyline parts of it so it's like i just want to mm. have a, a palate cleanser so i started looking for other games to play of course played dora underlords ben's not here so you can't stop me <laughs> can't stop me now ben uh, i'm going to stop you no never <laughs> uh they just released a brand new update for the dota underlords which changed uh some certain elements of the game they changed certain characters classes and then they changed certain looks and uh um unfortunately ben's not here i was gonna make a joke like they changed Venomancer from a three gold character to a one gold character. I want to get his opinion on that. Oh. What do you think about Headhunter now being a scaled hunt- a warrior as opposed to a scale hunter? He would know all about it. You too. know, it's just yeah. like these things. I really want to know what Ben yeah. thought about it, yeah. and now I can't, can't. So it's unfortunate. You should text him. Yeah, yeah, I should, we'll I should text him. Like, hey, buddy, what do you think about this? But I started looking for a palate cleanser outside of Underlords, which I've been playing, and I went back and played some Overwatch. Oh, and, nice. Um. Man, I have a love-hate relationship with the game Overwatch because Overwatch has this thing of like when it's good, it's really very good. few games I've played have been like I've had more fun with. Like mm. it's so good when it's good, but then when it's bad, it's bad, and it can be bad for a couple of different reasons. Um, if you're with a team and we're all on a mic, I don't always have my mic on. So people, like, you, you got you really should play Overwatch with the mic on. A majority of the time, if you're on a team and people are talking and communicating, you're just getting your butt kicked because the other team's better. You're just like, okay, at least I'm still having fun. Hey, talking, hey, someone's over here, someone's doing this. You have to really communicate that. That's fine. But then there's other times where, you know, I think there's, you have six players each side, five, six players each side. Yeah, I think six. Like, because you normally do two tank, two healer, and then two damage. Um, 
when there's the one person with a mic and everyone else doesn't have a mic and all he's doing is like, oh, God, why do you suck? Like, <laughs> yeah. like sometimes the <laughs> yeah. games can get so toxic and they all, and it, inevitably it is always the person playing the least valuable character. DPS is the least valuable, but they're the most fun to play. Like all the DPS characters are so cool and they're so interesting, but no one ever wants to play the tank or the healer. And like, they're always, I'm doing my job. And it's like, you're not like you could get like, literally we could just do three tanks and three healers. And that's going to be harder to kill than if they were just all DPS. Like, just because that's the way that the game does a really good job of making the tanks feel very tanky and the healers Mm -hmm. feel very like when you don't have a healer, you're like, you feel it. You're like, man, we're going to get wrecked. Um, and then when the lows hit there, it's just like, man, this freaking I, I this sucks. This is why I stopped playing this game. Part of the reason why, like, I'm so adverse to like meeting people online or interacting with them, because it's just my early experiences were with like Call of Duty, where everybody's just crapping on each other, just yeah. like it's everyone else's fault. I'm the best. You're the worst. <laughs> if you you know miss this kill, I hate you, and like no one cares, you know. But, yeah, and I remember I have this vivid memory of a, a like a year ago i hopped back on after a while i'm like oh i've played overwatch a while i really loved it i was really hardcore into it when it first came out i had a whole crew i rolled with and that was so fun when you have a whole crew rolling with yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's really really good um and i came back and obviously um i was just playing by myself and i was in this group rolling on mics and normally i have I like i like playing i wait for everyone else to pick a character and then i just play what is needed because mm-hmm. I like I just like playing the game. More often than not, I'm a tanker healer, obviously, and I kind of just do the team what the team needs to be done, kind of a thing. Um, but one time I played with these group of guys, and they're just like, "Hey, we want a Hanzo. Go play Hanzo." And I suck at Hanzo. <laughs> I'm really really bad. And I proceeded to play Hanzo, and all they did was just like, "Oh, you suck. We're gonna report you. We're gonna blah blah Wait, blah, what? blah blah." Wait, what? Yeah, we're do all this freaking stuff. Stop playing Hanzo. I'm like, like, but I have my mic on, so I'm like, I'm just not gonna even talk to him and gosh i've had people threaten to get my account shut down before yeah. too like, like what, you're so really, garbage dude? and like the yeah. entire i was like man like oh, that's why i just anytime I th- what games I, would it be? I just started muted people. yeah i was gonna yeah. say anytime i go into a game and it's all like a mic turns on i'm like you <laughs> well i wait i wait and to listen to him more yeah, often yeah. Than not it's like 13 year old kids and i'm like let's see what they're saying and if they're fine, I leave them on. If, but if not, I, I instantly go. If to I music. hear music playing, I'm done. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. absolutely. If there's ambient yeah. noise behind it, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm right there with Child screaming. You. I don't yeah. need to hear your freestyle rap. But I'm here to play games. There's just this great feeling of like when someone's like, you know, oh, thanks for the healing, or oh, good yeah, job yeah. on that. You yeah, know, just you like, know, like, like oh, thanks, buddy. Normal I did, people. I did do yeah. a really good job. Or the anticipation of seeing play of the game, and then when you get it, you're like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I've been really interested in Overwatch, but it's I've been so super good. hesitant to mess around with it because I understand the dynamics of it, and I'm very much those a person who loves to play as a team, and it's hard to find people that want to. Even do if, that. like, let's say you and I played it together, like you could still make things work. Like yeah. you, like if you got two guys talking. And like, even if one's a, because as long as you're not both DPS, well, you could be, and you could still do really good if the rest of the team is fine at tanking and healing. Um, But if like, I'm a tank, you're a healer or vice versa, or I'm a healer, you're DPS, or I'm a tank, you like you, like if you have two well-coordinated people, like they can 
change the way the game works. Mm-hmm. Like the game does a really good job of making it that if you're all on the same page, you do a really good job. But even if just two people are on the same page, like, okay. it can make all the difference in the world of like, hey, so-and-so's behind you, this, that, you know, just like the communication is very key within it. Is it? Is it too late to get into Overwatch? No, 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 it's never too okay. late. It has a very good job of letting people get into it, but the high, like when you play competitively, because I'll do the competitive, they, you play 10 games that are placement matches, and then they put you in oh, okay. skilled time. Gotcha. So you just got to suffer through those 10 games, uh, depending on who you get matched up with. And then, then once you're there, you're like, okay, I'm playing with like skilled people. Yeah. So it does really, or you can just play casual, and that's fine yeah. too. People, the, what I will say, Overwatch does a really good job. If you're playing casual, people, are more casual yeah because they're if they really cared they would just go play competitive yeah um the other thing uh i've been playing which was a a little neat surprise is that so i i joined ea access it's was like five bucks but the reason why i joined is it it takes like eight bucks off of madden and then also you get to play madden even earlier than when you pre-order the superstar edition so it saved me money but now on top of it, I now get to play Madden like four days earlier on July 25th. So inevitably, just be prepared next week. I can already tell you what I've been playing. <laughs> it's going to be The Witcher and it's going to yeah. be Madden. Like it's, that's yeah. all I'm going to be playing. Is that $5 a month or if I... It's $5 a month. I just canceled the reoccurring. So I just oh, okay. paid $5 so for you, one month of You EA did the pre-order access. then yeah. for Madden? Oh, so okay. I ended up saving money by joining EA Access. Um, and I get to play it earlier. You get a 10-hour trial period on July 25th, and then if you pre-order the Superstar Edition, you get to play it on July 29th. So I have 10 hours over four days. I'll probably use it up in the first two days or three days. But I'm always on the fence every year whether or not this, to get Madden. If you were going to get Madden, this is the year to yeah. get it. Like, the gameplay is... Like, people were pretty excited about this Madden. Mm. Um, last year wasn't a Madden you should have gotten. I liked it, but it wasn't that much of an upgrade from the I one before. I believe I did play... 19 yeah yeah but this year is they've added so much into it the gameplay looks different there's the face of the franchise mode they put in uh, a story-based system within franchise mode where you have interactions like with your coaches that can like they'll text you and like hey this week we're going against up so-and-so we really need to do this i need todd haley to tell me jokes yeah Yeah. so so i'm super super excited that but with that being said i started looking at like i said the palate cleanser and i looked at like oh what's on ea access let me check it out and I downloaded ba- Burnout Paradise. I'm like, oh, this is, I love okay. Burnout. I started playing it. I'm like, this is what I wanted. But the problem is, it's open world Burnout. Yeah. And like, you have to go to random places on the map to start races. As yeah. opposed to Burnout, before you would be in menus and you would select a race, go to the race, come back, select this mode, come back, select this mode, come back. This one, you drive to the mode, start it, and then go. So that seems pretty standard nowadays yeah, in for, games. Yeah, for I did. Racing games. Yeah. I didn't like it. I was like, this sucks. The map is really weird, and I couldn't find the way to change the orientation. It's a fixed map. So, like, when you're, like, driving down, you're like, okay, I'm taking a left on the map, but that means I'm at right oh, now. Oh, that's weird. They don't yeah. have, like, a compass? And then, yeah, exactly. Wow. And then on top of it, just, like, sometimes on streets, it's tough to see in the map. Like, okay, this is the street. Like, even just a real-life GPS, you're like, is it this street or the next mm-hmm. street? Yeah. Um, and that translates to the game. It's still really, really fun to play, but have I was like, now nah, I'm good to go. Did you ever play Forza? No, I'm not a Forza guy. Okay. Um, I played Burnout. Because they do the open-world <laughs> thing, too, but what? makes it fun is that you can do like all-terrain vehicles so you can just cut across and oh, not that's, even pay attention if you want that's pretty cool yeah. um the other game that i saw was ssx which is the old oh yeah. yeah it's oh, really man. good that game is it's hard too. yeah it's not easy um how, what, the music how, what are they up to now 
No, this was 360. It's an older SSX game. Um, this one was released in 2000. Okay. And I didn't even know they did that for the 360. Because that was the first game I had for the PS2. Yeah. 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 yeah they have a 360. Um, that was a great game, though. It's really, really good. They also do this really cool thing with music that it plays with the, your play style. So mm-hmm. when you're playing, when you're on it, when you're listening to a song, if you're going fast or you mess up, the song will mess up or skip or go faster or slow huh. down or mm-hmm. it changes the, yeah. the music with how you're doing it. And then inevitably it plays its tricky when you hit tricky on SSX. Tricky, tricky, yeah. Tricky. Yeah. They do a really good job of mixing music, also seamless transitions from song to songs, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, it's great. Like the game was really cool. But then I saw that they had UFC three and I was Ooh. like, I remember playing the very first UFC that came out. I really enjoyed it. I'll give this one a shot. Downloaded it, started the career mode. Oh my god, man. This game is <laughs> like it's really good. Yeah. I I wish every game would be this deep sports wise. It does this really cool by the numbers what you're used to normal if you played a game before, the story isn't gonna blow you away. It's real simple. You start up in the W the World Fighting Alliance, you win a couple of matches, you get offered a contract, your contract has stipulations, and you basically work your way up. But what it does in the way you unlock skills, um, the way you unlock abilities, different learnings, what gym do you join? It has this system where if you spend a longer time at a gym, it costs less money to train there and you unlock more things. But do you want to take the time to, but if you want to be a well-rounded fighter, the gym you join may be a jujitsu gym, but what if you want to get better at boxing? What if you want to get better at wrestling? So you got to, how do you manage your money to which gym Mm. are you going to? Do you want to get a discount there? Who are you training with? What skills are you learning? Also, on top of it, not only is it really deep there, the gameplay in itself is really, really deep, where um, basically they have the buttons assigned to each limb. X button's your left arm, hmm. Y is your right arm, left leg, right leg. But then it does a really good job of like, you're like, well, with fighting games, if I'm controlling limbs with buttons, what happens if I want to jab or hook or uppercut? And then it goes, okay, well, if you hold this button and then hit X, it's a hook. And then if you hold this button X and Y, it's an, it's an uppercut or like different things. But it literally reaches a point when you're trying to do like a spinning heel kick, you have to hit like left bumper, right bumper, right trigger, and then like A and B. So like it has hmm. this skill to it where when you want to do a combo, you're like, X, Y, X, Y, left bumper, X, right bumper, left, uh, left trigger, Y, A. Like, so like when you want to work your combos, which you really need to do, it has this skill. That's a little bit more like a a traditional fighter. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then like the ground game is really entertaining. Uh, the submission game is is fun. How do the buttons translate to the ground game? Does it still have like left, right? Yeah. It's like I punch or kick depending on the position I'm in with my button still but i use my right stick to transition and it's oriented where if you're in mount and you want to go to side control to the right you hold right on the right stick if you want to go to side control on the left you hold left and if you're on the person's left and side control if you want to go north south you hold left because your body would be moving left or like so it's very oriented in that but also when you block you have to very pay attention to how the person's moving. If you're in mount and someone's looking to shrimp out through the left, you have to hold right trigger and then hit right or whatever way they're trying to move to block it. Um, so when and, you're in defense, do you have that option to yes, shrimp, shrimp yeah, right? Yeah, shrimp you're left. trying to you decide how do I want to shrimp, how do I want okay. to do this, and as you do different things, 
you unlock more abilities and different tiers. So like when you start, you only know certain combos or certain moves, and a lot of your moves are only level one, but then you can upgrade your hook. If you put your hook to level five, your the stamina to hook costs less, but then its damage is amplified. So mm. then you start having special moves, like obviously Ronda Rousey was known for her arm bar or... Uh, Hendrix was known for his uh, overhand right. Or, okay, so you uh, like can get like your special. Yeah, moves. you get yeah. almost special moves that you build your within your your yeah. own, and then you get rivalries, and then also on top of that, you have to manage like your social media. So oh, like gosh. you interact with fans. That sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah, you, you interact with fans. You want to gain a following. You can build hype. What kind of fighter do you want to be? Do you not like you'll get interviewed and you have like different answers? Like, hey, you're mm. about to fight so and so. How do you feel? And it's like. You know, like, hey, it's just another fight. I'm just going to keep my head down and going. Or it's like, you can be like, you know what? The guy's really good, but I'm one of the best in the world. Or you can just be a dick about it. Yeah. This guy, no one knows who this guy is. And he's he's then, only he's a big bum. The only reason why people talk about him is because he's fighting me. Then and like, you get paid more for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> paid, like, And it does a really good job of how do you build a following. Yeah. You can start a Twitch account. You don't actually Twitch itself, but your char- it's like you get... Every camp you go to, every week you're in a camp, you get 100 points, and how do you want to dedicate those 100 points? You can spend time training in this certain style to up your attributes. That costs money. Do you want to learn a new ability? That costs money. Do you want to spar? And when you spar, when you're done sparring, you find out a key feature about the person you're about to fight. Oh, hey, they like to throw uppercuts. Watch out for it. Or, hey... If you get to sprawl, there's like one Scouting of my repro- yeah rival report. rivals. He's like, hey, if you get to sprawl, you can perform the anaconda choke, and he can't stop it. So there's oh. like different things that like yeah. you earn. So it's like, where do I put it? And the other thing is, you can spend points on promotions. Do you want to twitch? Do you want to tweet something? Do you want to? Uh, the other thing is like you can do things for the gym to get discounts. You know, clean the mats after, and you're like, okay, next time you train at this gym, it costs less money, um, and you lose that when you go to a different gym. So like you'll build up a Is there a, a penalty to cleaning the mats? Is there like a time efficiency or no no no? So you points. just you just spend yeah. points. It's like oh, okay, okay, I, I clean the mat. The next time I train at this gym, it's you know I get a five or ten percent off of so how points much money. are kind of like energy time. Yeah, range. exactly. Yeah. And then also on top of that, you have a percentage of what fitness you're at, and you start at like 70 percent. Mm-hmm. And there's this game where it's like as you do different things, it builds up your fitness, and you're trying to get in between like ninety six and one hundred and seven percent fitness because that's optimal. You get more out of training, you're in okay. the best condition for the fight, but you can undertrain and overtrain, and then yeah. you have to deal with injuries. And so, like, it has this push and pull of how do I want to train it. Um, also, it's not easy. I play on the hardest difficulty that it will allow me to play on, and there's an even harder difficulty to play on. And there is, it's not easy. You have to be very strategic if you play on the harder details. If I'm going against a wrestler, I'm going to try and keep him at a distance, try yeah, to beat yeah. him down. And I'm not, like, if I go to a takedown, if they go to take me down, I'm doing everything I can to get up. And you got to monitor your stamina. And, like, it's so deep, it's so entertaining, mm. it's so fun. And because of how hard it is, once, if you don't, if, like, you don't produce, Dana White doesn't offer you a new contract and you have to retire. Wow. And I do I do this thing where I don't rematch. Like I take whatever happened in the fight. If a dude knocks yeah. me out or submits me, I continue on. If my fighter is twelve and three, he's twelve and three. If he's fifteen and zero, he's fifteen and zero, depending on how well I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I've already ran through twice and have retired twice. I've never been able to because there becomes a difficulty spike where when you start you fight a lot of created characters that they have and you're more often than not about the same skill level as them Mm -hmm. and you'll win sometimes you'll lose but then it hits a point where as you start building up your ranks in the ufc you have to actually start fighting real fighters and at that time 
you're not as good as they are. And it becomes very, very hard to like Uriah Faber. Yeah, 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 like Uriah Faber. And then basically, like, if you don't deliver, Dana White's like, "Sorry, no contract," and you have to retire and start all over. And it has this. I've already ran through twice. I'll start my third one tonight. Where it's like, man, this is really cool, and I'm excited. I play this game. I'm not gonna play it again after Madden comes out. I won't come back to it. (laughs) But I'm so happy that this has turned into like a. 15 to 20 hour experience that I'm like, dude, I'm so happy. I lucked into this. Just that's cool. How things came out. But yeah. Uh, I actually haven't been playing much at all. Uh, I played super smash brothers on Friday. Heck yeah. Uh, you know, putting a little more time in Samus as a, as a, as a we name. both found new characters. Yeah. I started playing Ike and you started playing. So Samus. I started playing Samus at the last one. Uh, and then this one, uh, I kept telling everyone I play little Mac. And so everyone kept, Thinking they were going to play Little Mac and they fought Samus. So, have you seen the video of One Punch Man is Little Mac in Smash? No. Where it's basically a person, they <laughs> go through the troubles of being Little Mac, like yeah. they're getting knocked off and they yeah, can never yeah, yeah, recover, yeah. or they there's different things they have a problem with. But then it shows like a training montage, <laughs> and then he comes back and he's just Swamp. destroying people <laughs> as, awesome. as Little Mac. That, yeah, I, I you definitely need to check, yeah, that. You need to check that out. Uh, and then I jumped into some Titanfall two last night. Um, just multiplayer. Why didn't you message me? Uh, it was like one o'clock. I don't know if you were up. Or, I was or not. not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I played about thirty minutes of it. Uh, I should have messaged you because I'm bad at that game by myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, I realized I have more fun when other people are playing. Yeah, with me. absolutely. Also because uh, I know I don't know the maps at all, and so it's just like. I'm playing, and all of a sudden, I got shot from behind. I'm like, "Where was that person?" It's like, "Oh, he was in like in this little hole that was behind you." And, I was and you like, know, these people are still playing Titanfall Two. No, yes, back's like the, the people back who hand. are playing these games know exactly what these games are, and yeah. so they know how to. Every time I'm in a Titan, I feel like I have no clue what I'm doing, <laughs> and they know exactly what they're doing. It's just, yeah. I have a feeling if I was in a real life Titan, I would feel the same. Like, what? Yeah, is, what is, what's uh, happening? Uh, I have here? a shield over here, and I'm shooting guns over here. I don't know, and they're I'm dead. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much why I went through. But I spent a lot of this last week catching up on like TV shows and starting new TV shows, and so uh, I didn't get a lot of gaming in. It was also that moment where I popped open my like Xbox, like all the games on my Xbox, and I was like. I don't know what to play. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's yeah, games yeah. coming out pretty soon. Like Gears of War, Gears of War Five comes out soon. Yeah. Um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order comes out really soon. There is a little bit of a lull period right now where a, a lot of famous streamers or whatever or people in the video game industry are like, "Oh, now's my time to catch up on my backlog." Yeah, and I I do want to get the Far Cry. Um, New Dawn. New Dawn. I have been looking into that. I was showing. Will some of my Far Cry Five videos that I was I was like man I miss playing this game yeah the game's so, so funny I yeah I wanna he's not on my list but shout out to Cheeseburger oh Bear Cheeseburger for, the for NPC. an NPC yeah he's a good one he's a good one uh so that's pretty much it so we're going to now talk about uh uh the donation <laughs> that what was it one point uh, two million dollars two million dollars that Epic gave to Blender Foundation. Uh, so Blender put out a press release on their website about it. Epic Games, as part of the company's uh, 
One million Epic Mega Grants program is awarding the Blender Foundation 1.2 million in cash to further the success of Blender, the free and open source 3D creation suite that supports the full range of tools empowering artists to create 3D graphics, animation, special effects, or games. The Epic Mega Grants Initiate is designed to assist game developers, enterprise professionals, media and entertainment creators, students, educators, and tool developers doing outstanding work with the with Unreal Engine or enhancing open source capabilities for the 3D graphics community. The Epic Mega Grant will be delivered incrementally over the next three years and will contribute to Blender's professionalizing Blender development initiative. Having Epic on board is a major milestone for Blender, said Blender Foundation founder and chairman Ton Rosendahl. Thanks to the grant, we will make a significant investment in our project organization to improve onboarding, coordination, and best practices for code quality. As a result, we expect more contributors from the industry to join our projects. Open tools, libraries, and platforms are critical to the future of the digital content ecosystem, said Tim Sweeney, founder and CEO of Epic Games. Blender is an enduring resource within the artistic community, and we aim to ensure its advancements to benefit all creators. Um, That's the cool thing about Blender. It's been around for quite a while. I remember a lot of my friends uh, coming out of high school who are going into art and um, uh, 3D rendering or looking to go into the video game scene loved using Blender because of how useful it was and it's free so it was really cheap to get into that uh and i love the fact that epic has realized this instead of going no they have to use our tools uh they're giving them money so that way more people have a chance to get into this uh and one two point <laughs> one point two million is a lot to donate drop to a, a, drop in the bucket for yeah. epic I oh think, yeah i think at its um i think it was making like a like almost a I think it made sixteen billion last year. Yeah, it was yeah. at a point it was making like 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 thirteen million a day yeah. or something like that. Because so, of Fortnite. So literally so literally one point two million for them is like four hours of work. Yeah. <laughs> uh and so I it just made me um think about Epic as a whole because I feel like these past few months they've been getting a lot of, you know, Guff. shade thrown their way. Um and where I was like, what are the good things Epic has done? Uh, because they've been around a while. I remember talking to Will the other day and being like, they created the Unreal Tournament series, which created the Unreal Engine. and yeah, which uh, was a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. And people, like, the Unreal Engine is huge yes, for yep, people. Yes. So many uh, games have been built on that yeah. engine. Uh, and that's when he's like, oh, I thought they really just were a thing with fortnite i was like no they've they've no, been they around were bigger than that for and even the, the industry even fortnite itself is such an interesting story yeah <laughs> where the idea of originally fortnite was released it was supposed to be a base uh defense you paid for it yeah you yeah. paid for it and it, it had a defense. story mode it was a tower defense mode where you build up your tower and then like after it flopped horribly mm-hmm. and then they introduced this battle royale mode and it created almost this new genre along with PUBG and a couple other ones, but it just hit because of the this art style, and now it just prints money. It's going yeah. down. Inevitably, all games go mm-hmm. down, but the money that this has made is insane. But again, speaking on like Epic as just a company itself, is yeah. that they do mess up from time to time, but even things like creating the Epic Game Store to compete with Steam and mm-hmm. like all these ideas is they're trying to do 
something. Yes. And it's not always right and it's not always going to succeed and they do, you know, step over themselves a couple of times, but like at least they're trying to do something. I don't mm-hmm. think that's really important with Epic. Yeah. And so I just looked at a, a couple of things that, you know, that they do good for the community. Um, so first is they actually do offer discounted games. So their games tend to be, I think, $10 cheaper on their Epic Game Store. Um, and they'll, I think it's either weekly or monthly that they're just giving a game away. Yeah, they have um, their Epic Gaming Monthly. Also, they yeah. give um, people who put games on Epic Game Score, every time a game is bought, they give more money to the creators yes. than Steam. Yeah, so Steam takes 30% out from uh, the revenue on that game, whereas Epic only takes 12%. So that's a huge jump in margin for the developer on their game. Not only that, but if, uh, so if you use the Unreal Engine, um, Epic takes five percent up to three thousand uh, dollars off of uh, out of your revenue on the game. So if you're on Steam, it's actually more like you're losing thirty five percent of your revenue on the game. Uh, if you release that game, any sales made through the Epic Store, uh, they waive the five percent fee. Um, so there's a lot of so steam charges five percent more if you use the unreal engine no is that... uh, so epic charges a five percent oh i see if you use just it. to use their engine yeah and then if you release if you release it through their store then they, they waive, waive that. that yeah hmm. so there's a lot of things it's... that they're doing that are enticing people to release exclusive mm-hmm. being like well i want the most bang for my buck and that's where we're getting a lot of these exclusive deals uh which is really interesting um because that can be uh, a bad thing um i'm it's a it's a weird place because it is pc so it's not like i have to go buy a whole new console i just download this new free program and then that's where i'm i'm playing my games from there have been a couple of issues though with that is uh, Kickstarter games like Shenmue. Shenmue Three uh, was promised to be on Steam, and so then it came out that it was going to be an Epic Store exclusive. So now people who gave money to the company was like, I was going to get my Steam code, and now I can't. Uh, but they came to... out, and then afterwards. Epic came out and said, Hey, we're going to refund, give back the money for those. They also said that they would honor Steam codes. Steam codes. Uh, hmm. So, but that was after people started flipping freaking out, out yeah, about it. So yeah. it was very much a a response, oh, our yeah. bad kind of thing. Yeah, um, reactive well, as opposed to proactive. In the business world, it's it's hard to predict those yeah. things and how much damage there is. So you kind of have to see how much there is. Sometimes, yeah. and, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with that that decision, but it, I don't know. To me, in the business world, there's always like it's the wild west, man. Yeah. Like, you got to figure out a solution one way or another. It's know? also refreshing with like companies like Microsoft or Epic where you get a general feel that they really truly care about the gaming, about the gaming yeah, and yeah. wanting to build the community. And it isn't so obviously the bottom line is very important, but obviously that's still number one is making money, but their way of approaching making money is they, they, put out this veil that seems that they're willing to take chances to help you out even if it means losing some money because they know that if you get a customer they will stay loyal to you and that's more guaranteed money over a longer period of time and they can kind of offer 
developers things that uh, Steam cannot. Yeah. Especially with, you know, hey, develop on this platform and it's free, which I don't know where else you could ever find that. Yeah. And so the, I would say one of the issues with a lot of the exclusivity is, uh, their launcher, the Epic game store, isn't the greatest. And so now it's we're, new. yeah, it's new. Yeah. So there is no, um, cloud. Built if only in. they had the money to fix it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no cloud built in. So your save game progress is not stored automatically. Uh, so if you play it on a PC on, you know your desktop and then you want to go play it on your laptop you don't have the same game save which is yeah it is something that's kind of the only other company that's not doing that right now is nintendo Nintendo. uh, and they're working on it but that's just been kind of the standard for the past five or six years yeah uh and And then i think for them it's not a money thing it's a time thing yeah uh and so then for sure uh they don't allow multiple user profiles uh, to be signed in so that way uh, for different saves hmm. so you only have your one save and that's become an issue with some of the games as well uh, whereas with Steam you can those are pretty big issues yeah uh, and then they because don't have a re- it's what people are used to yes. they ha- yeah. now have Steam yeah. and now it feels they're reverting back yeah and, they're just yeah. Like, and then oh. there's a couple of others that I felt were not as important but this one was kind of is uh, there's no review system so Users cannot review games, and that's oh. another thing of like when I'm looking to buy a game is like what's the general yeah what's the like Steam? opinion and uh, that is not not existent. So man, because doesn't yeah. Steam Steam like lists the Metacritic score and they yes. list the user score exactly, and then you can read the like people go like most useful build, reviews, yeah. and so there are some things where it's like I can understand where people are frustrated of you made this exclusive on your launcher. And your launcher isn't great. And now I'm forced to use this uh, system. And so I wanted to look at the both of these and see that I I think Epic is still good. And that's where I think a lot of people are focusing on the, the exclusive. They're bad because they keep getting these exclusive rights for things. But in my opinion, the amount that Epic does for the gaming community, like we were talking with Microsoft is I think they are doing their best to progress it forward and they want to progress it forward. And that really just came out with this mega grant thing that they really want this to be developed. They care about developers is what I see. What does uh, Blender do with donations like that? Because, I mean, I, so I don't really have, understand how open source have, works necessarily. Do they pay people? I think they're they have using a 15, them. They have a 15-employee Okay. Um, so they actually do right. have developers yeah. that that are employed by it. Yeah, and they are they are constantly just remapping the program and trying to make it work. That's better. cool because I did download Blender like mm-hmm. years ago, and I did not get far. It's yeah. it's it was pretty rough. Same with like uh, I think it's called GIMP is kind of okay. supposed to be yeah, like yeah. an open source alternative to Photoshop, and it was real rough to use. Yeah. And I'm sure over you know last decade they've probably come a long ways, but it's kind of cool to know that if you do throw something money at something, it could be a very powerful yeah. tool yeah. to they, get people in the industry well. and to equip people to actually be able to do quality work when they yeah. you know get you know before they enter college, like mm-hmm. while they're in high school or when they're in middle school. Yeah, yeah. Some, the, sometimes yeah. just seeing certain products like Blender, it's like. I see what you're going for, but now let's put some money in it and see yeah, what you yeah. can do. Yeah. And th- I think that 
I think that can make a huge difference because sometimes people are just blocked. They're just like, I have a great idea. I know how to put it together. I just need money. Like literally yeah. it's mm-hmm. the people. point of a TV yeah. show with, uh, what's that called? The uh, something sharks that oh. has like all the famous entrepreneurs shark tank. Shark yeah. tank. Yeah. And like everyone comes on, like, here's a great idea. I just need money to back it. Yeah. And some of those things turn out to be huge. Yeah. Investments where the person had a really good idea and they mean well or the product's really great. It's just we don't have the money to get it off the yeah. ground. And this idea of Blender's like, hey, we're trying to do something with the open source so people can use it and do it. But it's like for it to be the best possible product it can yeah. be is we just needed an influx you know, you of need cash. Yeah. Really skilled people that normally get paid a ridiculous amount of money to do what they do. Yeah. People Sweet. don't typically dedicate their lives to do something for free <laughs> yeah uh so yeah that was just not, a little it's dis- not good business <laughs> <laughs> little how much money you make none <laughs> zero on uh but i do great work epic <laughs> as a whole um and i yeah good little deep dive in there so now for our main one favorite npcs so npcs are non-playable characters um i allowed villains and such of like that because in my mind literally if you just don't play that character in the game they are an npc so you are correct technically. you you have uh, a lot of people it was really hard when i was going through this list because i was like there's a lot of uh games out there like a lot of final fantasies where i'm like i think of them in it as an npc because they're a side character but you can play as them because they're in your party uh, I, I definitely bent the rules on okay. some of these. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I two, didn't really think about that till afterwards. So I have I two like, honorable mentions because okay. technically they're not. They bend the rules as well. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with those two honorable mentions then. So, so my two honorable mentions mm-hmm. is the first one is Kerrigan from StarCraft. Okay. Where oh. um, she so that my thing is like, do, does she count as a playable character because it's a top down? Where you you select what units and you move them and have them no. tell them where yes. attack, but you're I mean, not. She's, it's not like you're. Yeah. So, but with that being said, Kerrigan's story is so interesting. Of yeah. that, the first time you see Kerrigan user, she's this great opposite, spunky, cool sniper opposite of Rainer, who you've been using since the very beginning of the game, and then she gets captured, and there's a whole mission of you trying to save her, but you fail, and then she turns into the Zerg, and she becomes this brood queen. And like then the whole mm-hmm. story becomes of like you get a player later on as that queen and she in the second game yeah, yeah and she's just so badass and she's really really cool so like she's definitely an honorable mention for me and then the other one uh I again do you technically play as them the other one I wanted to shout out is Argo your horse from Shadow of the Colossus okay where, no I would say you don't play as them well That's you a, ride them yeah. and use them very extensively but that bond you build with mm-hmm. that character. Um, yeah. during that game which is so quiet and so calm and so serene that really your only interaction is a dead girl and your horse yeah and mm-hmm. that your horse is always there for you is like you're basically sacrificing your humanity throughout this game and yeah. the one person you finally have is your horse and then spoilers i mean if you have played shadow glasses but after eventually argo dies and you're just like ah my yeah. soul <laughs> like why have you done this to me and that this it's not a happy game that goes that yeah it's not it's a very sorrowful game but that goes again to how much that character means to you yeah. is that when it's yeah. taken away from you you're just like oh man yeah. like that that hurt really bad. but those were two honorable mentions you have any honorable mentions or are you uh yeah i got a couple okay um Actually, one of my honorable mentions I'm going to leave off because it's probably going to be in AJ's top five. Okay. But uh, I put Professor Oak 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. He's, you know, he's pretty responsible mm-hmm. for getting the one of the biggest crazes in yeah. video game history <laughs> off the ground. Uh, They're by, a small indie company, okay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, Sephiroth from Final Fantasy nice. VII. Probably one of the coolest villains, I think, mm-hmm. in that franchise, I would say. Yeah. At least as far as human characters. Ha- hashtag yeah. Team Kefka. <laughs> I'm all about Kefka, baby. Is that yeah. S6? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> for me, uh, Voss from Far Cry 3. Oh, um, excellent. Yep. He's the he's the first villain uh who made that I loved his character. Um I loved having to interact and just how unstable he was. He actually made me afraid to start that game. Like the beginning of that game is terrifying because of that character. He's so good that he takes it because Travis um Baker does a really good job with Ping and Min. Yeah. And the next Far Cry. Yes. But it's no just really it doesn't that. hold a candle to Voss. Yeah. So inevitably you're gonna fail. We talked about this on our movie podcast about like Kunal Nanjiani when he did The Big Sick and it was so yeah. good. He's like, I can't do another movie right after it because people are going to compare apples to yeah. apples. And that's what happened is Voss mm-hmm. is such a pivotal, incredible character that when you get a good character like Peng and Min, you're yeah. just like, well, that's just trash because <laughs> Voss is kind of like yeah. the gold standard. Uh, and that and that's it for me. That's really my Did your honorable number. mention? Yeah. Oh, so where do you, you want to start? Okay. Yeah, I'll start, start with uh, my number five, Cortana. Uh, I, this is a character that one through three, you're just constantly with, uh, she is the only person who understands Master Chief, uh, and you have this sort of back and forth with her through the first game of, you know, they're starting to like each other, uh, to the point where Master Chief is like, I've got this. And she's like, you don't got it. And it's like, no, 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 I've got this. And then it just gets to the point where she thinks he's the only one that can do anything like chief needs to do this chief needs to do this and then he's relying on her uh for essentially his sanity of like she's the only one i can talk to and she's always been there um it's so funny that an artificial intelligence is his connection to humanity yeah (laughs) which is that's really what she turns into is what she becomes and there's a whole bunch of stuff with her lore uh oh yeah of of like that she's the first AI to break the cycle of AIs, um, that she's a true artificial intelligence and that her personality is based off of the doctor who made her, who was essentially his mother figure. And so it's also just that. Whole... What is that doctor's name? Why am I... Halsey. Halsey. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just this integral, like there's that the relationship between them, I, I definitely do see it as a, a mom and a son of like the son will do anything for the mom and the the mom wants what's best for the son kind of situation. Yeah. There is, um, that is a very inter interesting interaction yeah. to the point that literally they made a game off of it with halo reach where yeah. the idea is that the whole point is that you have to get Cortana to master chief to master chief yeah. and that there's the interaction in between where Halsey is there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can't remember his name right now, but the big, um, brooding, um, Spartan in Halo Reach calls her Ma. Yeah. Like calls Halsey Ma. Yeah. Like she has this mother like figure for all the Spartans. All the Spartans. And it only yeah. makes the sense that really the last standing Spartan and Master Chief and Cortana, like mm-hmm. that, like you said, that's a, I never thought about it in a mother son way. Yeah. But that is a really interesting way to think about it. I was able it. to see it more after reaching the, reading the Fall of Reach. 
um, the book yeah. and seeing Halsey's interaction with John and how she views him and stuff like that. So, yeah, I always felt it as a, like a father daughter where the daughters where master chief is the father mm-hmm. is just cold and dead inside, yeah. but Cortana is o- opening and war- uh, warming and welcoming and that, he like again the only connection to humanity that master chief has is just is, like is from her yeah and he's so cold and dead inside that she's the only one that keeps pulling him back kind of yeah. a thing how about you what's your number five my number five is net white from the game gun oh is it's, that the... <laughs> it's played by chris christopherson okay and so he's like you the protagonist's dad i think you find out he's actually not your real dad okay. but he's kind of like your keeper but i mean the whole tutorial scene is chris christopherson basically like showing you how to shoot a gun and how to hunt and i'm like i want this to happen in real life take me hunting is chris that when christopherson. you are able to stomp on the where you run over the buffalo <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> it was a long time ago yeah. so i love this game i think like this is the first thing that got me to really like the whole wild west okay. feel yeah and Part I think it was mostly because of him. Mm-hmm. However, I did watch like Funhouse's playthrough, it's and I'm so like, "Funny, I this game is a lot different than <laughs> I remember it." For one, the graphics are terrible, uh, yeah. and that's not what I saw. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's so funny. That's Back really on the 360, yeah. but yeah, that that's such a, a interesting NPC, and it was kind of before you really got famous people voicing things so Mm -hmm. it really took me by surprise like why is this guy that was like a big actor musician in the 70s -hmm. just randomly in this video game yeah so if i can't have ellie from the last of us because technically you play play in the first game then i will take elizabeth from bioshock that was in my i assume that's what you're talking about her interaction uh with you and booker is so awesome and Mm -hmm. then I mean, we're talking about NPCs, so there's going to be spoilers. But then finding out, like, she's your daughter. Yeah. And that you are just this terrible person that kind of gave her up in a way. And how they do, not only is she great as a character, so don't get me wrong, she's really, really good as a character. Her story's mm-hmm. very interesting. You feel like you have to protect her. Like, you feel this deep yeah. attachment from the very first time you, uh, you see her. And then also, like, just anytime she's yelling at Booker, you're like, oh, I got to go save her kind of mm-hmm. a thing. But also how useful she is as yeah. an NPC of throwing you guns and ammo and finding things for you. And then her special abilities is just like, the not time only, yeah, stuff. it's like, man, not only is this character cool, she's useful. Mm-hmm. And like very few games do that with their NPCs. So definitely Elizabeth, Bioshock Infinite is my number five. Uh, my number four is Elizabeth from Bioshock and Finn. Uh, so <laughs> Will, you can, uh, pretty much just like ditto on all that. Like, uh, she's she's also just a character I really enjoy. Just her yeah. dialogue. Yeah, and, she's really good. Um, she's not. She's better grading. than Booker is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's not grading, and it's like every time she's in the scene, it's like I want you to be in the scene. Yeah, and, she's like a an actual character. Yeah, and just a filler. Yeah. So and then. Go ahead. I didn't play any of the burial at sea, so I, I don't know her. I setting. heard it's awesome. Yeah. I haven't played it as well. So I'm interested. Do you think that there's any other overlap for the rest of the list? Like, I don't think there will be. No, uh, I think outside of Elizabeth, I don't know if we're going to name. Maybe one. I don't, know. Maybe. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. I yeah. just thought it would be interesting. I don't, I'm like, I don't think so. I think that may be our only overlap. There's two on here that if they are on your guys' list, I will be extremely surprised. Okay. What about you? Uh, What's your number four? My number four is Epona. 
Okay, uh, from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Non-Sergeant Apone from <laughs> Aliens? Uh, you know, Looking he didn't make it into the <laughs> video game. But I, you know, I think the just the just overall majesty of Ocarina of Time, and then you find out Link actually has this horse, mm-hmm. and you get to explore this new 3D Hyrule, and you, uh, and the horse is just, uh, it looks cool. It's mm-hmm. got kind of, she's got kind of that cool orange color, but I yeah. love the name Epona and like the music surrounding yes. it when you are riding the horse. And so like every time I hear that name, I, for some reason have like this neural connection of yeah. like this sentimentality of like, Oh, Epona, mm-hmm. my heart, you know? And the way that you like, you get Epona by saving her, like, uh, cause she's being trapped by the, the ranch hands. Okay. And so like you have to race the guy. He's like, I'll give you the horse if you beat me in a race. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then he like puts up gates and he's like, never mind, you're not getting out of here. And then you like leap over the fences with her. As long, like, as, long as you got enough carrots. right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that's cool to me of like, you actually earned her and you saved her and like, yeah, she's now there's yours. like an instant bond. Yeah. Yeah. So my number four is Dom from Gears of War. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, I will accept. You don't. Well, if you play co-op, if you play someone co-op, plays them. yeah. But it, I, the idea of in single player, you don't get to choose to play as correct. Um, so a lot of times with Gears of War, a lot of, it is a very broy shoot them, mm-hmm. kill things. But Dom is the one character that actually brings heart to it. Um, Marcus is a dick, yeah. like he's just a, this big brooding guy or a Coltrane doesn't have a lot of depth. He's just a football <laughs> player with PTSD. Baird's just a giant White a-hole, <laughs> like, you know, but people love those characters. But yeah. Dom is the one where you're like, he's always like, I don't know, Marcus, he has this civility to him. But mm-hmm. then there's the, uh, moment when you go down into the hive and you have to save his wife oh, that, and that then is she turns out ranking. she is dead. Well, she's basically her soul was sucked yeah. out of her and he's broken from there. And then it ends with him literally sacrificing himself for yeah. you guys to carry on where in a game that doesn't have a lot of emotion or meeting or not a lot of thought to it, it's mm-hmm. kind of just meat heady him being that one connection to depth to it is really really incredible mm-hmm. so shout dom gear gears of war for me number four uh so my number three is captain quark from ratchet and clank he oh. is uh he is essentially the galactic superhero that can't do anything um he's very <laughs> incompetent but he it's kind of like the king scenario from uh one punch, one punch man where he just lucks into being in certain situations. So everyone thinks he's better than he actually is. Uh, and he's very charismatic. So people want to listen to him. Um, but no, like he can't do anything. And so when Ratchet and Clank show up and start actually doing stuff, um, he becomes very jealous and, uh, you know, tries to set them up for failure and stuff like that. And it's, he's a really fun, uh, enjoyable character and the series wouldn't be the same without him. Uh, my number three is Dog from Secret of Evermore. And this is where I, I bend the rules. Okay. Because technically, you can play as him. Like, you switch back and forth to do puzzles, but you're not really 
He's I mean, more of a gameplay mechanic as opposed to a yeah, character. But the thing that I love about him is like you actually he's incredibly helpful in battle, like he'll auto attack your enemies mm. and it helps quite a bit. But in Secret of Evermore, you travel through like different time periods and culture places and in every iteration your dog has like a new haircut. And so like you start off in the prehistoric era and he's like a wolf and then you you go to like the egyptian thing where he's uh like a greyhound hmm. and then in the future he turns into a robot nice and so it's uh he's helpful and yeah. it's just like such a fun journey to always see like what's the next thing he's gonna nice. arrive as is that a super nes game yeah nice my number three is Sully from the uncharted series okay um he is just the game does a really good job of making him seem like that father figure to Drake himself, but mm-hmm. it does a good job of making him seem like a father figure to you yeah. in the game. And he has this really cool, It's it just feels like, man, if Burt Reynolds was, or, or Tom Selleck <laughs> yeah. was, was my cool uncle, yeah. what would that That's be so... like? And he's always like ready to do that, that next job. And he has this... Yeah. Uh, it's ambiguity that I'm trying to talk about in that he has, he's not a good person. He does yeah. bad things, There's but gray he, areas he's like life. a thief with Very, a heart of gold, yeah. a thief with a heart of gold in that he's always cares about Drake. And then when Drake and Elena get together and like, he, like, he's like, Hey, like, and Drake, the whole point of Andrade four is that he, he wants to do one last score, but Sully's like, you can't like Elena doesn't want you to do this. You shouldn't do this. I'll help you out. But like, you, you can't do it. And yeah. like, um, there's in Uncharted Two, you think he dies mm-hmm. at the very. You're like, and it's so heartbreaking. And then when he comes back, you're like, oh my gosh, don't you ever, don't you ever <laughs> take Sully from me again? Where it, he's just one of those few like, um, video game fathers or cool uncles, how you want to put it, like that sticks with you. Also, his he's also has the spunk to him within the game of like when you're fighting, like he's very useful. And mm-hmm. then he's your pilot, and he's intelligent, yeah. and he always has the connections and cigars in his mouth. And then it builds even more when you find out how Sully and Drake became connected, where, mm-hmm. like, Drake was trying to steal something, but Sully, like, caught him on it and then, like, took him under his ring because Drake was an orphan. Mm-hmm. And um, really, really good. So my number three would be mm-hmm. Sully from Uncharted series. Nice. Uh, my number two is the shopkeeper from Resident Evil 4. Uh, what are you, you looking? What are you buying? What are you buying? What are you selling? Uh, I just love every aspect of this character. Not as a story bit. He's not even super useful. He's just a shopkeeper. But somehow they made such a mundane character task just the life of the game. Like I love that character. When you talk about like. There's two characters people remember from Resident Evil 4 in a good light, and that is the shopkeeper and Leon. Like, that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, shout, out, shout out to the president's daughter for worst yeah. NPC. Uh, 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 no, and so I just love, every, like, I want to go talk to him every single time just because I, you know, shout out to the voice actor who did that as well because he just what brought so much character that I buy it at a high price, and it's... I don't know. It was like every I mean, time he's I saw so him. interesting and mysterious. Yeah. And the he's idea, like a, yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah, the idea of like yeah. you're in this like you get done fighting the giant fish yeah. or whatever it is, and like you're going through all this stuff, and he's always in a place. He's like, hey, I'm here, and it's yeah. like this guy just survives. <laughs> it's like I went so much to get here, and you're just here. Uh, and then he always has like a blue flame 
sit like a blue tiki torch kind of thing set up next to him. It's like he also provides that sense of relief of like if I'm around him, nothing is going yeah, to nothing bad is going to happen. So yeah. Love that character. So for my uh top two, I chose a character, but really what I mean is like all of the NPCs in okay. that world. Okay. And so my number two is the Chocobo. Okay. I absolutely love the Chocobo. But you've got guys like uh Biggs and Wedge. Mm-hmm. Um kinda from Star Wars. Yes, from Star Wars. Uh, uh actually yes, Biggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, Biggs, are they? Biggs is Luke Skywalker's friend and, and Wedge, Wedge is, and Tilly's oh, okay. is one of the Reds. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're named after those characters. But it, in the early days, you know, normally you had like sequels would continue the same story, but in Final mm-hmm. Fantasies it always resets, but you have certain constants. Yeah. And so you had Biggs and Wedge, Sid, Sid uh Choco was Bows. another one. Um and then you've got yeah, you know, Bows. Moogles, of course. Yeah, Moogles and Chocobos, and those are kind of like the constants. And so I I love all of them, and I think it was awesome. Like every time you see Sid, you're always happy to see him because mm-hmm. he's always some sort of wisdom, helpful character that gives you a weapon or some His name ability. is spelled differently, right? Sometimes uh, it's C-Y-D, S-I-D, or yeah. is it always C-Y-D? I've seen I think S-I-D. It's, it's, yeah. it's S-I-D in Final Fantasy VII. I, uh, is it? Yeah, I think yeah. it might be in the early I think it changes, too. but yeah. there's always a yeah. Sid. And he usually is a pilot of some sort. Usually a pilot. I think in 6 he was like a, a what do you call it? Like a blacksmith. Okay. Yeah. He like gave you weapons. But uh, yeah. I like Final Fantasy. Probably my favorite game franchise of all time. So that's your one and two? That's No, that's just my two. <laughs> okay. So my number two this is tough. It's a a toss up in between one and two, so I'll just do this one. So for me, it's Thane Krios from okay. Mass Effect Two. Yeah. Obviously, everyone loves Garrus. Rex has a special place in my heart. But when I think about Mass Effect Two, other than maybe Jack, Thane is the one I think about, and his yeah. impact that he put on me as a character, and then meeting his son in the third mm-hmm. one, and then also him sacrificing. Like literally, he's doomed from the very start. He's yeah. I have this disease. I'm going to die. There's nothing that can be done about it, but I want to do good before everything, like before I pass. I mm. want to make right by things. Also, he's just like a badass, which yeah. he's so talented and so his skilled. His voice is awesome. Voice is really cool. Also, his design is really cool. And then he legit, legit like literally gives his life up for you in mm-hmm. the third one, um, which is just such a heartbreaking moment. Like, and his son is this troubled character, and he comes back. Like when you see him. <clears throat> When you see him come back in the third one to help save his son who's yeah. going down the wrong path, you're like, oh, Thane! <laughs> I can't believe, I totally didn't think he was going to be in this. Yeah, yeah Thane Krios for sure. I, I did not pick any Mass Effect because I kind of considered them like actual All. playable characters. Yeah. But, could... but yeah, like obviously like Thane, Garrus, but I think Morden, you could also throw Morden, in there. Yeah. For yeah. A lot, uh, Morden is deeper. I know it's Lance's favorite i know morden matters Morden's a lot more his favorite i'm pretty sure morden i thought is, rex was his favorite it could but. be no i think it's morden oh, i think i with the whole genophage thing like that was mm. pretty big for him too i know mm. morden matters quite a bit to you as well but i th- uh tolly tolly obviously i think you could literally list off a ton of mass effect 2 yeah. characters could be on here yeah uh, but for i just thought it would like i could have easily just said garris because garris is really important none to of me as the well, mass but. effect 3 Newcomers, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, none of the new characters. Uh, so my number one is Garrus, <laughs> uh, just because he yeah. is my favorite. Like, 
by far and away is my favorite video game character. I love his design. I love his personality. The Jurians are such an interesting they're race. They're so interesting. And then like where he started and his ideals and what he wants to do and your interactions throughout and where it becomes like the Shepard, you know, Garrus kind of duo even near the end. Uh, it's it's a bond that I've never made with any other video game character. Uh, and this is also kind of the same thing you did with Final Fantasy. I really do put the Mass Effect characters yeah, as my number one just yeah. because I love each of the characters. and Even the some of the lame ones in the three, uh, they still... I was still able to like garnish that connection and uh, develop that because Bioware does a great job at making me feel for their or characters. Or did, did, yeah. did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> that's That may be the saddest thing about all of this is yeah. where they are now. We're, and that's, yeah. that's, that was my issue with Andromeda. It's just like I, I didn't get that from really any of the characters. But also like the fact that Garrus is a constant. He's with yes. you with, in all three is, games. And his yeah. introduction in all three games is really cool. First meeting him yeah. at the Citadel and he's yeah. this cop on a job and then he's joining you up and he has this sense of uh he has this virtuous drive to take him. down Saren, and then the second one he's archangel yeah, yeah who's which been is helping everyone cool... and he's like scars all over that yeah, lead up really was cool. so awesome where yeah. you just have the anticipation and this build yeah, up of like yeah. this, this, this archangel guy yeah. and you're like i hope he joins my party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like garrison you're like oh yes! Yes! Yeah. yeah really really good like and then speaking of the way bioware dub like even characters like jacob was like I enjoyed Jacob's character. A lot of people yeah, from forget, the same one. and they yeah. don't talk about Jacob a lot of times. Which yeah. one was Jacob? I think it's because yeah. Jacob was the black guy that from was the one. like a weapon oh, specialist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's because they introduced Jacob with Miranda, and so everyone just looks at the yeah. person. Also, like, the funny thing, too, is that, like, I literally remember on my ship where every single character is. Yes. Yeah. Like, just it's still <laughs> like where programmed they, in my yeah. brain of, like, if I want to go, go there, talk to Tali, yeah. I go here. If Garrus, I go here. Legion was yeah. here. Yeah. And then... Like, knowing where all these characters are. I would are. say, I guess a... I guess I'll... My other honorable, if I had to, is the the engineers um, for the Normandy. The, there's the Scottish guy and the... Oh, yeah. the... You got Joker. Yeah, and so yeah. like there was the, the one girl the, too that you like Kelly. can have yeah like an interaction with, and that yeah. if you do certain things wrong in the second one, and you go to save them, she gets liquefied. Yes, yeah, Kelly. and that was and that was heartbreaking. Good old, good old Kelly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then even if you do save her, she doesn't join you in the third one because she has like PTSD of like all this happened, and but you can. Uh, she like takes care of your fish on the ship. She's yeah. your secretary. Also, so she's... she's like the only character that you can ever sleep with that isn't a person that you romance, <laughs> like in a way. So, so like the other characters like are a part of your team. Yes. You don't like ever sleep people with that you else can that sleep is... with without the romance is very pivotal yeah. part. But, <laughs> no, but you have to romance her. You have to do certain things. Yeah. But she's never a, a character she's you're bringing along yeah. on missions. No, I got gotcha. you. Oh, like Edie and Joker mm-hmm. and like all those. Yeah, Mass Effect. Good old really Mass Effect. My number one, Mr. Saturn oh, from, Earthbound. from Earthbound. Yeah, but really, this game is crazy. I was looking at all of the NPCs in this game, and it just made me realize, like, the expanse of different experiences that you have throughout it. Like, you know, Mr. Painter is the cult leader that you have to take down. <laughs> And you've got like this hippie ever dread. There's the Runaway Five, which is like this parody of the Blues Brothers. You have Tessie, 
aka Nessie, like the this Loch Ness monster nice. that you nice. ride, and uh, you know Starman, Master Starman, Pooh's master, mm-hmm. uh, the Talarama, who's like the Dalai Lama. There's just like all of these very iconic things that you experience. But Ma- Mr. Saturn is like the pinnacle of them all because he's he's, so weird. he's just like this nose he's just like a, <laughs> a fleshy nose. face with no a nose and you're not sure what he is mm-hmm. but he's very cheerful and happy and always helpful i love that he's a and he's a weapon in super smash brothers yeah literally well, he's just there to stun a person that's awesome sounds about right yeah. Yeah. yeah i've never played earthbound or dude it's yeah, yeah. It's one of my R- favorite rpgs one ever. of the best rpgs yeah yeah so my number one uh-huh. is one Sergeant Major Avery Johnson from Halo. From Halo. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason why, obviously I love him because Halo is one of my favorite series of all time, but he's different from a lot of the NPCs we've talked about. I don't know about Miss Saturn or Mr. Saturn, is he actually isn't in the game that much. No. He drops in every once in a while, but he always leaves his mark. And that he is one of the few things you have in the world where he can actually, like, you can call him your friend. Mm-hmm. And chief in a world of everything you do is all by yourself. And you're kind of like this iconic hero. Yeah. Like, when you show up, Marine's like, oh, chief is here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, like, you know Sergeant Johnson doesn't care. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, he's, like, the one guy you will take orders from. However, deep inside, he does care. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Johnson's then, like, I hope Master Chief is Yeah, here. yeah, he's all yeah. about it. But also, he has these great, he's such uh, that one-liners yes. of, like, it's so cool. And uh, Halo 2, depending on the difficulty you play, he d- he does a different speech. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, back in my day, we didn't have no shotguns or rocket launchers. We just had sticks and stones. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, just like really great. He's just like, he's always smoking a cigar. Mm-hmm. And um, like, he's very military in the style of like, you know, people want to do espionage. Like, oh, we got to go and do this. Like, Why don't we just blow him to hell up? Yeah. And like, you know, like he has this really cool interaction with him. But then also him... Like giving his life for you in Halo yeah. Three of like uh, Guilty Spark turning on you. Speaking mm-hmm. of horrible NPCs, I didn't put him on there, but Guilty Spark just being super super annoying. But then you know Johnson like a hey, you little son of a like mm-hmm. you know taking him down, but then unfortunately dying so you yeah. can get out of there. Like that was that was pretty heartbreaking in a game that was like full of heartbreaks within it. Mm-hmm. Where um, Sergeant Johnson will always kind of like stand out there for me of like just this idea of like smoking a cigar carrying a rocket launcher mm-hmm. flying down all right marines yeah. like you know like just he's just one of those guys where like if you know someone got their leg blown off, ah, put some water on it let's go <laughs> you know like i love Sergeant johnson yeah. so he's my number one okay and so then we were going to go over our least favorite npc and we actually talked about this character earlier for me it's definitely ashley uh from Resident evil 4 who is the president's daughter possibly the worst She's bad. She's just bad. Uh, Every time she speaks, I'm like, stop. Uh, (laughs) She is getting captured constantly, even to the point where she got captured and was being carried away. And I had a sniper rifle and I shot her and killed her. And it was like, you lost. I went, good. (laughs) You're like, did I lose or did I I win? And she is the worst. What is the word? Like, there's a word for um people that you have to take around uh in video games where you like have to keep them safe the oh escort, I, or escort. she yeah. is the worst she is the longest escort mission 
because she's almost the entire game yes. and she is the worst and you have to go and tell her to hide places and sometimes they find her there and it's like why did i do that yeah. like why do i have to do that and it's possibly the worst npc in my opinion just because of my experience she made it so i never finished that game so i never i, I never played resident evil 4 i played beginning parts yeah. of it but i never like dived deep yeah. into resident evil 4 where um i remember i've heard obviously about ashley as an infamous mm-hmm. character that there's a, a mission you play in dragon age inquisition where one of the farmers lost a water buffalo and you have to go find them oh and gosh. that mission is that's infuriating is infuriating well. so hard and i had one time explained <laughs> to me like ashley is that but for an entire game yes, <laughs> yes. you're just like oh my like just it didn't like just the rage that entered my body every, when i'm like every oh my escort gosh. mission after playing four i it's it's nothing like I'm like yeah this is annoying but it will never compare never to never be Resident Ashley bad people need to just stop doing escort <sighs> missions they're the worst I if, don't unless they're super intelligent yeah. but they never are yeah just no. like, if your AI can actually do things then yes yeah and then it wouldn't be an escort mission yeah it'd actually just be a team yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah I so I didn't I forgot that this was part of the segment <laughs> but what immediately popped in my mind was the in Monster Hunter World the girl that's like your tutorial oh. advisor. Every time she talked, I was just like, when are you going to go away? Let me play this game. Please just stop. You're She's the one terrible. keeping you from the game. Yeah. She, it's just like I'm about to break free, and then yeah. she has to tell me something in a really overly perky way that yeah. I'm like, no, just please. I don't I don't no, like you. you. Are you really going to be in this whole thing with me this whole time? Yeah. yeah. So I have two. One, isn't he isn't my most hated NPC, but I have a very... Um, you have strong feelings for him? Strong feelings of both sides for him, okay. and that's Claptrap from Borderlands. Okay. Where ha. Claptrap is very, very annoying, and he's supposed to be annoying, but he's mm-hmm. so funny, and he does being in, he is endearing, but there's times you're just like, I freaking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> like you are the, also, you actually end up playing as Claptrap yeah. in uh, the pre, uh, pre-sequel. Um, oh, that's right. It was the pre-sequel. Yeah, it was the pre-sequel. Not in two. But... He's, but he is. He's become the face of the game. Yeah. So he is going to be it, and your happy claptrap is there. But at times, you're just like, you're so annoying. But then other times, you're like, you're really funny right now, yeah. and yeah. you're endearing. So I just, I, I had to mention claptrap. Far and away, the worst NPC I ever had to deal with is Zeke from the Infamous series, where Zeke is your oh best my gosh. friend, who is like a Elvis impersonator. Yeah, he's like, like an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. And the reason why he sucks is because the entire game, you're like, oh, Zeke is really cool. He's always getting it. That, that rascal, he's always getting in trouble, and I always got to save him. And um, you uh, make sacrifices for him. And Zeke always, a lot of times, like, bro, you're always leaving me hanging, man. Yeah. You're doing all this stuff. And he is this connection to humanity. But then there's a point in the game where he uh, uh, has a choice to do the right thing or do the bad thing, and he chooses to become all-powerful. You're just like, bro, this entire time, I was like, I write it off of like, he's like, I'm the dick. I'm the guy who's not the cool dude. But it turns out it's you. You (laughs) suck. Like, you're the freaking worst. And I, like, you're trying to do all this stupid stuff and make me choose and do that and another and make me feel bad. Screw you, Zeke. You get out of here. I I can't stand you. So, and then he's always calling you like, hey, brother, what's going on? You're like, Zeke, I need you to shut the hell up. Zeke, far and away, my most hated NPC in video games. Nice. So I have a special little game in Ooh. which I will. There's going to be four, four uh, stages 
uh, easy, medium, heroic, and legendary. Oh, of uh, course. And I, I'm going AJ to will des- take the late legendary. Yeah, I'm going to describe this NPC, and then you are going to tell me who this NPC oh, no. is. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is why uh, this is I didn't. Terrible. If Ben was going to be here, it was going to be easier because yeah. there's more people who have played games. Uh, I don't know how many you're going to be able to get. Yeah. There's one that I actually think you might be the only one who can because I don't think you've played this game. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go with the easy. Uh, extremely crass, loud, and annoying. He is the first character you encounter in a desolate world of madmen, vaults, and heroic bounty hunters. Oh, he's the bus driver from Borderlands. What's his name? Uh, he sells all the guns. Yeah. Oh, why? I uh, can't remember his name. Off the but I'm going to. I'm going to give you a, a. Yes, because I just realized Marcus. I realize he is actually the first character you encounter, but it's apparently okay. The second character you encounter, <laughs> Claptrap. Yes, uh, <laughs> you literally described Marcus as well because Marcus is crass. And yeah, he's but he's so but he's, funny. But I don't see him as annoying. Like he's there's not many times he's not. He's in a it. businessman. Yeah, he's always about selling yes. stuff. He's but, always like, how can I turn this into money into yeah. my pocket? Uh, then second changes color where whenever he eats a butterfly, notifying you that your health level is low uh all the while you are collecting gems and defeating norks it's the norks. dragonfly from spyro yes <laughs> uh i got you buddy i got this believing her mother is dead she travels a dangerous world with her uncle until she encounters a hero that will one day save the world from herself wait what a girl travels with her uncle mm-hmm. she's dead she no, believing her, her mother, mother is, is dead. dead. Oh, okay. She travels a dangerous world with her uncle until she encounters a hero that will one day save the world from herself. From herself. So she becomes evil. Mm-hmm. Out of all the people, you would be able to get this. Okay. I don't know if you've it's ringing. It's ringing a bell mm-hmm. of some sort, but mm-hmm. nothing is jumping to mind immediately. Okay. Is there any hints you could possibly give? Uh... The game she is in, there's more than it's one. The th- it's the third one of the series. I a, a girl traveling. If people with are uncle, with her uncle, if people are interested in the podcast, sometimes they will stay a while and listen. What they will stay stay a while. Why is it's literally <laughs> it's burning a hole into my brain. Stay a while. I, even you saying stay yeah. a while and listen, uh-huh. it's there in my head. Uh, your character will move heaven and hell to save the world as they're kind of stuck in between. Two souls? No. No. It's still... <laughs> There's classes and you can play as a barbarian, a uh, demon hunter. Is it Diablo? Yeah. It is ah, Diablo. Yeah. That's that's right. Yes. Who's the character? Stay a while and listen. Yes, absolutely. Oh, uh You're forgetting her name. Oh Oh yeah, I don't remember okay. her Leah. name. That's right, Leah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from Diablo. Yeah, she turns into Diablo at the end and yeah. Well, her mother slept with Diablo and then she's like the spawn of Satan and Yeah. It's great. Huh. Interesting uh, decision. Thought to be the tragic main character. He sacri- uh, 
He actually sacrificed himself to make sure his best friend escaped a clone research facility, after which said friend takes up his sword, memories, and personality as a living legacy. I, I know this, but I don't know this. You, I don't I think you've played I, this I've, game. I haven't played this game, but I know... I'm pretty, I dive into lores and the games mm-hmm. I don't play, but I'm pretty sure I know this. He sacrifices his memory, you said? He sacrifices himself. Himself. And his friend takes up his sword, memories, and personality. Yeah, he becomes, to becomes him. a living legacy. Uh, the Dread Pirate Robin. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it f- from Final Fantasy? It is from Final Fantasy. Oh, really? Do you know which Final Fantasy? No, I don't. I it's don't. Final Fantasy Seven. It's Cloud. No. no, it's not. So he takes up his sword and becomes the person, but he actually isn't that person. It's not Sephiroth. Who else carries a sword oh, in Final Fantasy? That's like really far back in his memories, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh wow, wow, <laughs> goodness, yeah. Like that's like one little scene. Yeah. In, Do you uh, know the character's name? No. Okay, it's Zach. Yeah. Zach. Zach From Final Fair. Fantasy VII? Yeah. yeah. So this he is... actually becomes a more prominent character in the, like, all these Advent stuff surrounding children. it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, where he's the main character of the prequel game to Final Fantasy VII. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that but the legendary? That was the legendary. That was the one that... I also just like his that character and the fact that, like, he fell in love with Eris, and so, like, Cloud's whole thing with Eris is from that hmm. from uh and that all of cloud's personality and stuff is just generated from zach because he grew up as a clone of sephiroth hmm. yeah didn't know any of this yeah yeah fun stuff uh so that's it for npcs fun little game i for me it was more fun just trying to come up with a vague way of describing a character i think without, you did you did a really without, good job like explaining fully what the character was except for you know Second encounter, not first encounter. Oh, well, technically you're right and yeah. wrong all at the same time. <laughs> well, uh, just Marcus is such a fun character. He is a fun character. He, it yeah. should be a shout out in the NPCs just because he obviously is the person who drives you to uh, on the bus the first time mm-hmm. with Borderlands, but he's always the guy telling the stories. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He always gives you business opportunities. He also has a, a weird love relationship with Mad Moxie, mm-hmm. who's a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, who gives birth to uh, Big Bertha. And uh, Marcus's and Big Bertha is a very interesting character. And what's his face? I don't think is I don't think his... that's Marcus's kid. No, I think, it's I think her, the other it's her kid. It's her kid from someone else. Yeah. Um but then Marcus like even the interaction of like the first time you see him in the second one and you use the um shooting uh gallery to practice new weapons he has like bandits tied up and he's like don't worry about it it's just target <laughs> practice and he's just so crass and yeah. about the bottom line like I, yeah i agree with you it's very interesting yeah so this has been biomodded uh you can catch us at um bioma uh nerd weekly yeah. oh wow nerd, nerd weekly, weekly facebook. on facebook uh nerd weekly cast on twitter and nerd weekly podcast on instagram uh, if you want to email us, nerd.weekly.forever at gmail.com. Um, I am Andrew. You can find me at LeBeardedCooper on Instagram. Will, can, where can they find you? At WillieBSnazzy on Instagram. And uh, you, my good sir. Uh, at Rod1127 on uh, Instagram. Also check out Facebook page for Nerd Weekly. Yeah. 
Did I say that at the beginning? Yeah, sure, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, check, check it out, out a second time. Check us suckers. out on Tuesdays uh, for our comic book podcast sometimes, uh, Origins and Adaptations, and then on Thursdays for our awesome movie podcast, Reel It In. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. It's been a ride. Been a ride. Been a ride. Been a ride. <laughs>